Auburn football wins on the road in Fayetteville, and volleyball comes away with one out of two on their two-set match against Missouri. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Page Podcast brought to you by the Auburn Plainsman. I'm your host, Kristen Carr, and it is so good to be back with you guys again. We have Henry with us today again to break down Auburn versus Arkansas. Hi, Henry. How are you? Doing well. How are you? I am well. Before we get into some of the more technical sides of this Arkansas game, I want to ask you, you know, you went to this game and what was it like covering an away game um, for Auburn? Yeah, so for the Plainsmen over the years, I've been fortunate enough to cover four away games, two bowl games in Florida, one in Orlando, one in Tampa, Uh, covered the game in Death Valley and LSU two weeks ago and now in Arkansas. And it has been just a really awesome experience to get to do something kind of behind the scenes that, you know, like a normal fan wouldn't be able to do. And I'd never been to Death Valley. I'd never been to Baton Rouge at all. I'd never been to Fayetteville. I'd never been to Arkansas at all. So just to be able to get to go and do these experiences, cover games in Raymond James Stadium, which is an NFL stadium, and you get the full NFL treatment for a bowl game. You get the full Arkansas treatment, full OSU treatment. It's just really cool, really interesting and you get to see, yeah, the, the behind the scenes kind of stuff that you definitely wouldn't be able to see beforehand. And I don't know, I've really enjoyed what the Plainsman has uh, allowed me to do and afforded me to do. And, you know, Auburn's still got some road games in football and we've got a ton of road games in basketball. So hope to be able to keep kind of uh, providing that insight from the road as I have this season. Yeah. And what is it like, I guess, with... Um kind of the different cultures of, you know, an SEC football is so special in that way, just the different cultures that each um, school provides. What has been your favorite so far that you've been to? Uh, I, I will say, so in Arkansas, their specialists were warming up, their kickers, punters, long snappers, all that. And then they kind of had some kids intermittently come out of the tunnel. But their big reveal, I guess you could say, was Sam Pittman, their head coach, who comes out of a separate tunnel all by himself with his uh he's got his little security and they play jukebox hero as he comes out of the tunnel <laughs> to fireworks and fanfare and smoke wow. and he walks the entire circumference of the field and the entirety of the Arkansas fan base freaks out. Granted, Sam Pittman has done a great job at Arkansas; he probably deserves it, <laughs> but. The jukebox hero playing loud at like nine in the morning as Sam Pittman by himself walks around the stadium, you know, hyping up the crowd, letting everybody know that Arkansas is there. That was definitely really interesting. They have their uh, Razorback on the sideline, Tusk. That was funny to kind of see. I, I, I wish I saw Mike the Tiger actually in Baton Rouge. I never got the chance. But uh, yeah, I mean, both stadiums are super loud. I think they're comparable to Jordan Hare. Obviously, Jordan Hare is a bigger scoreboard than all of them. But uh, Arkansas has some real nice facilities. LSU has some real nice facilities. And, you know, I've just enjoyed both my times there. I, I came in expecting nothing, and I came out with a great positive response from both those places. And, again, with both the bowl games as well. And, you know, hopefully keep that mentality up going forward. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, now I kind of want to get into some of this um, more analytical side of this game. And for me, as I was watching it, um, the story of the game really came – by the improvement with the wide receivers. And we talked about this a little bit last week where they just were not catching. And it was making all the difference in the world, and we see that now with this game. Um, I mean, they had, you know, instead of missed opportunities, they made opportunities, and then they capitalized on those things. And, I mean, 
really just a clean performance and a quick improvement um, by the wide receiver room. So it kind of speaks to Keesaw as a coach and really how, you know, the players reacted to his leadership. I mean, things really, really changed. So what is your takeaway with that? Yeah, so after the game, we talked to wide receiver Demetrius Robinson, and, and he was asked immediately, hey, guys, I mean, you guys only had two drops in the day. The wide receiver core specifically did not drop a pass. Landon King, who's kind of a not often used tight end, had one pretty bad drop. And then Luke Deal had what's considered a drop, but it was a diving catch at the ground. No wide receiver was really going to make it, but it hit him in the hands as he fell. So Auburn had one drop and a half, if you want to say it like that. But we asked Demetrius Robinson, like, hey— what happened? Like a week ago, I mean, you guys were leading the SEC in drops. There's like 20-something right. drops, almost 30 drops in the team. What happened? And he goes, nothing really. We just kind of all looked at each other and we're like, this has just got to stop. Like we just can't win football games if we're getting hit right in the hands and we're dropping balls. And he said they just practiced the same way they practiced. And he, he said it just felt better. And it obviously looked a lot better because Auburn went into a game on the road, an SEC road game against a ranked team, and beat them by 15 in front of their home crowd of almost 80,000 people. And they did it in the passing game, which traditionally you'd think if Auburn's going to beat a team like that, they're going to run the ball. But right. running the ball was really kind of a secondary thought. Auburn played four tight ends. I mean, there's that whole tight end thing we've been talking about. They played Landon King on third downs all throughout the game. And people probably ask themselves, who's Landon King? And he's, and he's a, just a not often used tight end. But Auburn found ways to insert people into that game and get guys involved in the pass, and that was the difference maker. I mean, again, this was against a team that at one point was the eighth-ranked team in the nation. This is the same team that just mollywopped Texas, and the whole nation was like, whoa, it's Arkansas. Maybe they've really turned the corner, and they definitely have. They've kind of struggled as of late, and Auburn capitalized on that, but this is no slouch of a win. This wasn't a trap game for either of the teams. This was a huge program win for Harson. And this is a big win for not only Bo Nix, who has now won back-to-back SEC road games uh, since the first time since 2017, which is crazy to think about, but that's true. And the whole team showed up to do so. Bo Nix played exceptionally well. The wide receivers caught every pass. The run game played just as well as it needed to. The O-line only allowed two pressures, I think, in the entire day. No sacks mm-hmm. again. It was a complete performance. The defense stepped up when they needed to. Gave Auburn opportunities on offense, and we walked away with a 15-point win. There is That is a game to hang your hat on, especially going into the bye week. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And I think, um, again, we've talked about these explosive plays before and the lack thereof. But what did we see this game? We saw multiple really well-executed plays that were more than the 5, the 10-yard you know, passes that we've been seeing. And, you know, to me, that it, it's just crazy what kind of a shift was made um, in one week. You see, you go from, you know, Bonix had about a, you know, 50 percent unadjusted um, completion rating to 81 yep. this um, past weekend, which is amazing. And then, you know, in the mid range passes, which is like from about five to 14 yards, um, he was 10 for 11. Um, I mean, that is really, really consistent on his part. And I think really those explosive plays, I mean, that gave them the momentum throughout the game. I mean, that's really what shifted things and allowed them to maybe quiet the crowd up a little bit and stuff like that. Um, And then I think defensively, 
that was great game for them. I mean, they had seven tackles for a loss. They had three sacks, three hurries. Um, and then obviously that forced fumble recovery for a touchdown was a huge momentum shift. Um, what did you see from the defense in this game? So to start off negatively, at least, they were getting gashed pretty hard in the middle eight, right? So the linebackers and the defensive line and anybody he may bring in from the secondary. So that middle kind of four down linemen, three linebackers to seven, and let's say you brought a safety down eight. So that middle part of the defense, they were getting gashed decently hard for a lot of that game uh, in the run game. And it's exactly what George did. So I, it's it's what Arkansas should have attacked, right? You see what the number one team in the nation did against Auburn, ran the ball right up the gut, and they got five yards every play. So Arkansas did that for most of the game. Where the defense adjusted and figured it out was, okay, if we can get a stop on first and second down, you know, stop them to instead of five or six yards, let's stop them to one or two, force a third and medium, because they were converting on third and long all day for whatever reason. We could not, or Auburn could not stop a third and long, but on that third and short, when they made KJ Jefferson make a decision whether he wants to run it or pass it, that's when Auburn was able to blow them up. And that's where you saw the sack in the end zone come in. They got a sack on first down, forced Arkansas into a different playbook where they don't feel comfortable running it. Hey, we got to get some chunk yardage back. We just allowed a six-yard sack. Let's pass the ball. And then you see Colby Wooden around, or Derek Haller rather, come around the edge, and he hits the guy in the end zone. He fumbles the ball. Derek didn't even know that he fumbled the ball. He just wanted to hit uh, KJ Jefferson, <laughs> and then you see Kobe or Zacoby and Marcus Harris go for the ball, and they get a touchdown. And Brian Harson said after the game, "You don't lose a lot of games when you get a defensive touchdown like that." Mm, very true, and that's absolutely true. Every game Auburn's had a defensive score, and they've won at least this year. So that's a huge momentum swing. Auburn had three sacks on the day. Two of them came from Colby Wooden, who ended up being co-defensive player of the week or defensive lineman of the week, rather. And those all three sacks were necessary. Two of them came on one drive, and they resulted in a, a, a touchdown. And, you know, granted, Auburn won by 15. But if you don't have that score and maybe Arkansas goes and scores that drive or something, completely different ball game. So yeah. the defense still has holes. We know that as a fan base. We know that as people that report on Auburn. But when the defense needs to buckle down and get the offense the ball back, you saw it in LSU. You saw it in uh, Fayetteville. They made it work on defense to get the offense back the ball, let the offense figure it out. We're going to do our job before the defense. And they definitely did that, and it showed. And they won. And that is, again, a humongous win, no matter the fact that Arkansas hasn't traditionally been as good. That was the 17th-ranked team in the nation. Auburn was unranked. They beat the brakes off those guys, and you know they're now ranked for it. Yeah, and so— you know, Auburn is heading into a bye week now. Um, and the last thing I wanted to ask is, you know, what do you think that they're going to be focusing on the most? What do you think is the goal if you're coming from like a coaching standpoint? What's your goal for your team headed into this bye week? Matt Corral. It's simple. It's easy. Stop Matt Corral. There's a possibility that the quarterback they play in two weeks is the number one overall draft pick in uh, upcoming, this upcoming draft. Probably not likely, but it is all possible. He could very well win the Heisman if he continues to play like he's playing at Ole Miss. Stop Matt Corral. He can run, and they will throw a lot, and they will throw it deep. They'll throw it short. They'll throw it wherever they want, and they've had success doing it. 
since Matt Corral has really started to take the uh, take the lead at Ole Miss. So with two weeks, especially with the defense that is somewhat susceptible to the pass, you have a lot of time to key in on what does Matt Corral do well, what does he not do well, and let's figure that out. You know, do we need to play more man than zone? And when Auburn plays man, you see it works with Kayshawn Booty and Max Johnson. They basically eliminated Kayshawn Booty for the majority of the LSU game after they started running man. And I think that's something you'll see them adjust to when playing Matt Corral because Lane Kiffin's going to spread them out and they're going to let Matt throw it. I'm not even sure if they have a running back on that team because all they're doing is throwing that ball (laughs) and they're doing it well. So if you're Auburn, you stop Matt Corral, I mean, you'll beat Ole Miss. But you got two weeks to do it. They should put themselves in a good position, especially riding high off a win. They have some confidence going into this game. Yeah, and it may be, I know I've heard some rumors and reports of Matt Crowell actually being, you know, maybe a little bit banged up after this Tennessee game. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, how banged up is he actually and, you know, how that is going to play into a game at home for Auburn at night. Under the lights. Eve of Halloween. I feel like this the student section is going to be rocking the stadium is going to be rocking so i think it'll it'll make the difference if if matt crawl is healthy or not and if the defense can step up and if the stadium as a whole i mean can make a huge impact in the game so if the fans show up anything can happen don't throw any golf balls All right. Thank you so much, Henry, for coming on and breaking this down um, for us. We always appreciate your insight. Thank you very much for having me. Look forward to the next time. All right. Next, we're going to be having Dylan Fox coming on. He's going to be breaking down some volleyball. Hey, this is Collins Keith, podcast writer for The Plainsman. If you like this podcast and would like to support the organization and our team, you can visit our website at theplainsman.com and click on the button in the upper right-hand corner that says Donate. You'll be supporting over 127 years of local, editorially independent journalism right here at Auburn. Thank you so much in advance, and now back to the show. All right, guys, welcome back. We have Dylan Fox here with us. Hey, Dylan, how are you? I'm not too bad. How about yourself? I'm well. Um, Good to have you on today. You're going to be helping us break down this volleyball game here. Um, And they had a two-match series against Missouri this weekend. Um, They won the first one. They, um, you know, swept Missouri three to nothing, and then they lost that second match three to two. Um, what was your biggest takeaway for these two matches, and and what do you think they've improved on? What do you think they need to improve on going forward? It's really a tale of two teams. The team that we saw on Saturday was uh, the offense was diverse. Uh, Crouch talked about getting the middles involved into the offense. He talked about spreading the offense around. Liz Rich got a bunch of chances. Uh, Alifia Vuz got a bunch of chances. Tatum Shipes uh, had a few kills as well. And so that was kind of the motive going in and in and, and practice right now was working towards not having everything go to Rebecca Rath, which is easy to do because Rebecca Rath is one of the best killers out there. But uh, when you're able to spread the offense out, it was it's really effective. And that's what Auburn Volleyball was able to do Saturday. On Sunday, that kind of broke down. Uh, Liz Rich, uh, they were sending two to Liz Rich. Um, Jackie Barrett left the game after the first set, the the sophomore setter. And in her place, it was Jordan Sinesse, who's a freshman. And uh, Jordan had a few missets. She had a few mistakes, a few errors. Uh, but I think the blockers for Mizzou were able to 
figure figure her out her passing out pretty easily. Yeah, and then you know Rebecca Rath is looking really good overall. I mean, she's going five straight matches with the double digit kills. Um, you know, what does that say to you about like her leadership and the way that she's been able to kind of step into that role for this team? Yeah, coming in as a transfer, coming into this team with this new coach and this new system, she has made herself one of the most effective outside hitters in the conference. She is scary. She kills the ball every single time. It, it's like a sonic boom coming off of her hand sometimes. Uh, and it's a little scary, you know, thinking about being on the other end of that. I, I tip my hat to all those liberos out there who have to try to try to dig that out. But, <laughs> um, yeah, Rebecca coming in and, and being one of the most effective hitters in the SEC uh, is really impressive. And it's a credit to her and a credit to that coaching staff that has really put her in that position. Yeah, and then, you know, you also had um, Tatum Shipes hitting 100 blocks total for the season, and that makes her the fourth most um, in Auburn single season history. What kind of a, I mean, what a great way to hit that number for her. And, you know, it's her senior year. Last year was a bit of a disappointment. And, you know, to be able to hit that number and have the kind of success that she's having and grow a lot, honestly, um, from where she was last season, you know, what do you think that means for her going forward? Well, we have to remember that this is a completely new position for her. The, she hadn't really played middle blocker before this year. And to come in and be one of the most effective blockers, Bella Rosenthal uh, post game on Saturday said that she and Tatum joked that um, Tatum's taken away her digs. That, ta- uh, that Bella would have <laughs> Bella would be a a lot higher on those on those dig charts if if uh, if Tatum didn't get all those blocks. And she might be right, but Tatum uh, coming into a, a completely new position and being one of the best blocking middle blockers in the country, as Crouch put it, is 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 unbelievable. And all of her teammates have given her credit for it. Yeah, and then they will be going to Georgia. They'll be going traveling to Athens on Thursday, um, and that game is going to be aired on SEC um, Network Plus. By the way, if you want to tune in and watch that, but. Um, as they go into this SEC matchup, what do you think is Coach Crouch's um, message to his team? And, you know, they have this 0-4 record on away games right now, and that's got to be a little daunting going into this game. I mean, if it's an SEC matchup, there's bound to be a lot of good competition there. So, you know, what do you think he's looking for for his team going into that game? I think the message is, is pretty simple is that it's just to rely on one another. It's a small team. It's it's only 12 people on this team. It's very close-knit. Everybody likes everybody. That's that's kind of the vibe that I've gotten watching these games uh, is that it's really close-knit. And so, um, you know, the next the, the next man up, the next player up is, is, you know, when Jackie went down, Jordan stepped in as a freshman and, and, and passed her heart out and played really well in the back row. It's it's relying on one another. It's trusting one another. Uh, you know, when Bella can't get to the ball, Fallon's got to get to it, or uh, somebody's got to get to it. It's it's knowing where you you know you are on the floor, and trusting that um, somebody's going to be there when you pass. Yeah, I think you know it's interesting that you mentioned that camaraderie that they have, and um, we've talked about this before. How they just had so many transfers going into this um, season, and about a third of their team is completely new. And then for them to be at this point in the season and have, you know, the kind of communication that they're able to have and the kind of camaraderie that they're able to have, um, 
you know, how do you think that speaks to the way that Coach Crouch has um, sort of implemented that into his team? Uh, Coach Crouch, uh, he's a very technical guy in postgame, but I know he cares a lot about culture. He's he's a, a really uh, great guy to talk to, and I think that rubs off on his on his team. Uh, he he wants to make every game fun. He wants to make every practice fun, uh, win or lose. Uh, you know, he he really doesn't like losing. I, I think that's it's pretty obvious. He doesn't like talking to people after he lo- uh, after a loss. But um, either way, he's always supportive. Even though you know there's a bad stretch of points or something, he's always supportive. High five and. Uh, you know, patting people on the back because uh, that's just who Crouch is, and that really rubbed off on his team. Yeah, and that's got to be nice as a player, you know, to have that support from your coach. And I know, you know, it is the relationship with your coach matters, and I think you know it's really hard to you know have that line between you know having that closer relationship with your coach but also they are still your coach and they're going to get to you in those hard moments and you know he's known for just really getting into his players he he can (laughs) can really get into his players yeah but they all respect him for it he knows that line he knows that line is different with every player uh he knows where to go uh, my favorite is when uh, he challenges – because, you know, refs aren't his players. So when he challenges a call, he always looks angry. He just kind of <laughs> – he doesn't, you know, just like hand the car to the ref. He just kind of like flicks it up in the air and then puts it back on the on the chair, which I, I always find hilarious. And he's usually right with those challenges too. I, uh, he, he should become a ref if he ever loses his job. <laughs> I, I think he's pretty good at it. But, yeah, no, his he's commanded a culture. He's in, in – this is his second year as I coach, and he's already uh, – you know, created a culture that people really want to come to. And I think a lot of recruits and a lot of players are really going to like that. Yeah. And I mean, they've got, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the recruiting is like going into next season. I mean, with the dramatic shift that they've had from last season and um, the success that they've had. And, you know, he's gotten a lot of really good players on those transfers. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see, does he go more for transfers or does he go for just pure freshmen um, and what that's going to be like. So it'll be interesting to watch for it, sure. It will. And and uh, I believe Tatum, uh, Bella, and Rebecca Rath will all be gone, I believe, is I think their eligibility is up. Uh, so and then that's basically their three core. Yeah, players. you're losing a lot. You're losing a lot of production from that. So uh, it'll be interesting to see this next recruiting class and uh, this freshman class now uh, with Jordan Sinas and Kate Curtis. Uh, see how they step up. Yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think you know who's going to step up, who's going to show that they can lead, that they can really execute, and you know, like you said, for you know. Um, Sinesse to come in um, in the way that she did and, and have composure. And, you know, obviously you're, as a freshman, mistakes are going to happen. Things yeah. are going to happen. But it's still, you know, to know that you have people that can come in and, you oh, know, yeah. um, get that game experience before maybe some of these girls have to go. Right. Um, it, it gives you a little bit more confidence, I feel, um, going into next season. Oh, for sure. It definitely does. All right. Thank you so much um, for breaking this down for us. Um, always appreciate you coming on. And um, I know you you love volleyball lately. <laughs> I know. I've, I've, been, I've been on the volleyball kick. It's it's fun. Um, I, lo- I love going to them. It's, uh, the, you know, the crowd is bigger than I ever thought, especially this weekend on Saturday. It was huge. It was super loud. I love that. Um, 
and um, the the game, the sport itself is, is is a lot more fun to watch than I ever remember. You know, just watching uh, our high school team. Uh, I mean, it's fast paced, it's it's high flying, it's it's energetic, uh, and and Crouch is is really putting a good product on the floor for the Auburn Tigers. All right, awesome. All right, guys, that is going to wrap it up for today. Thank you guys so much for tuning in as always and for your support. I so, so appreciate it. And I hope you guys will join us next week. We've got some special stuff ahead, so don't miss it. We'll see you guys next week.